very good morning to all of you. Well, it's great to be here and uh, once again to be partaking in the many wonderful things that God puts on our table uh, constantly and continuously. Today I want to speak about communication and my subject I've entitled Relentless Communication. I will come back to what is really is all about in a moment, but let me begin to read from the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. 2 Peter 1 and verse 16. The Bible reads here, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain and we had, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain and you will do well to pay attention. As to the light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, but prophecy, for prophecy had never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Jesus is speaking here, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Let us pray. Lord our God, we wanna thank you so much that you are a God who communicates, that you are a God who speaks, that you are a God who listens to our prayers. So Lord, we thank you that we can be able to have a two-way communication with you every single day. And we pray, Lord, that you help us today as we are studying your word to understand how important it is for us to communicate continuously, relentlessly. So Lord Jesus, I pray that you are going to bless these words and that you are going to give us light on our ways and rest for our souls in Jesus' name, amen. Well, my theme today is relentless communication. And when I talk about relentless communication, I'm not talking about relentless gibberish. Okay, because today we have a lot of, a lot of communication channels and some of these communication channels are actually not communication. There's just a lot of trash. And so I'm not talking about that, okay? Like if you go on some of these channels, you'll find something fresh, something new all the time, but it may not necessarily be anything that is meaningful. Sometimes, it's just a waste of time. But then I want to speak about the communication that has started even before the foundation of the world. We must understand that God 
is the master communicator. And he has communicated long before the world began. The Bible tells us about the communication that took place between the father and the son. We see about the communication that took place between God and his angels and the principalities that are there. Some of the things we don't really fully understand. But God has been in communication with uh, his own ecosystem that was existing before uh, this world in which we live came into being. So God constantly communicates just like he does to his servants, the angels. He also wants to communicate with us. When he created man, he immediately communicated. It's very interesting if you go into the very beginning of scripture in the book of uh, Genesis, you find out that God uh, created Adam and immediately he told him what he expected him to do. He says, rule over this world that I have made. And then when they were finally coming together as husband and wife, then he told them again, you know, be fruitful and multiply. So God communicated very clearly what he was expecting of uh, the creatures that he had been able to, to make. Now, thank God we have the ability to communicate. And of course, not only we as human beings are able to communicate, but the whole of creation, creation is able to communicate. It's an amazing reality that, you know, even the creatures that God has made, they are able to communicate in a powerful and wonderful way. I don't know whether you have uh, sometimes watched some of these uh, uh, nature uh, documentaries about animals. You know, you hear, or maybe you've seen some movies about the relationship between uh, human beings and uh, dolphins, for instance. And dolphins, they have got a very interesting sound. Now, we may not understand what they are saying. We may not understand that language, and we may never be able to decipher that language. But we realize that they are talking to each other in an amazing way, okay? Uh, I've been uh, looking at some documentaries, you know, where lions and uh, leopards and cheetahs and many other of the animals are, are being depicted. And it's very interesting, you know, that these animals are able to communicate, okay? You may not hear what they are trying to express, okay? But when a lioness comes back from hunting, and looking after her, her children, you know, her, her uh, young ones, she has got a certain sound, which you may think is just, uh, just a mere sound. But for them, it's a language. It's a way of communication, okay? And we must understand that God has given everything that he created an ability to communicate. Think about the ants, okay? I'm sure... Uh, there's none of us who, don't, who hasn't come across ants. And sometimes you find them uh, rather disturbing because they come into places where you don't want them to be. Okay, especially uh, white ants, you know, the termites. And they may eat vacations. So you, you think, okay, this, uh, as it has happened to me uh, on several occasions, so you, you think, okay, they are not really uh, understanding what's going on. But you know, these ants, they have got an amazing way how to communicate. Now, you can't hear anything what they are saying. And yet, they are so powerfully organized. 
okay, that you, you realize in one way or the other, we may not even understand how, but in one way or the other, they do communicate very effectively. They are building, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the you know, house of, of, of their queen, and so do bees and many other uh, animals or, or, or insects. They are able to communicate. And so we must understand that God is a master communicator. So he has given us a way that we can communicate. And, you know, when God created mankind, there was only one language. And I think it was a much better language than any other language that is spoken today. You know, <laughs> I can, I can uh, you know, calm you down. You don't have to worry which language is being spoken in the heavens because the language that is there is, is not limited like the languages we speak today. Okay? This is an unlimited language. So anyway, we are able to communicate. And it's very important that we do communicate. So we can communicate because our Father, who has given us everything that we have and made us who we are, is the author and the Father of all communication. Okay? You know, we sometimes say, as the father, so the son or the daughter, okay? And uh, for sure, as our father is a master communicator, he has given us the ability to communicate. And communicate does not mean one-way communication, but it means there's a, there a communication in one way and there's a, another communication coming back that is a two-way communication system. So God created us very, very clearly with the ability to communicate. And since creation, <clears throat> communicating, communication is flourishing. Interestingly, not just, as I said, amongst uh, human beings or even amongst uh, animals or birds or, or insects, whatever the case may be, but the Bible tells us that even in nature, there is communication, okay? Let me take you to the book of uh, Isaiah 55. Very interesting here. God is saying in Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain comes, and this, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but I will accomplish what I desire. <clears throat> and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So the word of God has always got a purpose. Now, verse 12, that's a very interesting verse. <clears throat> the Bible says, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Very interesting, isn't it? Have you ever heard uh, nature uh, 
singing a song. Have you ever heard the, the trees clapping their hands? Well, you know, uh, uh, in one way or the other, what it tells us is that nature is able to communicate. God is the one who created all things, not only, uh, you know, the creatures in the water, the creatures in the air, the creatures on the land, but he also created the very land, the very nature, you know, the very earth, the mountains, the hills, and the trees, and whatever else there is. And God says they are able to rejoice over the word of the Lord. They are able to communicate, a communication that we may not understand. Uh, unless you have really grown up on the land and you have, uh, you know, been able to appreciate, uh, you know, land and farming, then maybe you will be able to understand what some of the flowers tell you. You know, if you can see they are in great bloom, they're rejoicing, isn't it? But if you see that maybe that they're dying, then you, you understand they're trying to tell you, I need water or I need this or the other. So really communication is very, very important. And remember, God is the father. God is the author of all communication. So God did not leave us in the dark about the purpose of our lives. And that is true for us human beings, but it's true for every other creature as well. That's why every creature follow the blueprint that God has given them. Okay, that's why bees make honey. Okay, interesting, isn't it? That's why, you know, any other of the creatures that God has made are doing what they are doing. It's not by accident, it's by God's design. Okay, God designed them in that way and God gave them ability to communicate with one another amongst themselves so that they can be able to fulfill their purpose and their destiny. From the first generation, Adam if up to today, God is communicate, communicating. And, uh, you know, uh, many times I've heard people saying, but I don't know what God is saying. Or sometimes people come and say, Pastor, can, can you give me a word? Actually, I can give you the whole Bible. Okay, I don't have to give you a word. I can give you the whole Bible because that is the revelation of God. Okay, this is where God has spoken, and God, as I, as I was uh, uh, saying last week, you know, God had everything written down for us so that we can always have access to it, okay? So if you don't hear God speaking, it's because you're not listening. How do you listen? Open this book and begin to read, okay? And then take heed in your heart, and you will hear. You see, that's how God communicates, and then God wants us to respond, because, as I said, it's not a one-way communication system. It's a two-way communication system. Okay? God would love to be in constant relationship with every single one of us. So God spoke to people, you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, and I can't really mention everybody, but for instance, Noah was uh, finding grace in the eyes of God, and God told Noah, okay, there is a judgment going to come over this earth, but I want you to build an ark so that whoever wants can be able to enter the ark and can be able to be safe. And Noah did that. And Noah entered the ark together with his family and with all this, the, 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 the creatures that God brought along, 
And interestingly, creatures, the creatures that God spoke to, they came to the ark. Okay? But the human beings that Noah spoke to, they didn't come. Very interesting, isn't it? The ark, they just went. Okay? Noah didn't have to even force one animal into the ark. They all went by themselves. They were free spoke to. And the Bible tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. But all that did not yield anybody about, apart from his own family. How sad is that, isn't it? So we know God speaks, but there are so many people who never listen, who never heed the voice of God, who never take time to understand what God is saying and who just outrightly ignore the word of God. You see, today we have got a lot of people who are trying to find out where human beings are coming from, okay? And they spend colossal amounts of monies, okay, to do research. And I'm not against that, they should continue doing that, that's okay. But if they really want to know where human beings are coming from, it's written right here, okay? If they won't really want to know what the the destiny of mankind is all about, you don't have to go into space and, you know, try to dig some rocks on Mars. They just need to read. They just need to communicate with the Creator and He will tell them. That's amazing. So we, we understand that God has a, has a purpose in everything He does and He is not keeping the purpose to Himself, but He communicates the purpose. Okay, and so God is a relentless communicator. Okay, I'm standing here today. I'm preaching the word of God. And as I stand here, all around this country, all around Africa, there are other people who are standing in front of a, a congregation or front of, in front of people, and they're preaching, hopefully, the pure word of God. Okay? All around the world, okay, the, the word of God is being preached, okay, because the sun is shifting and, you know, uh, not everybody has got the same time like we are having now, so they may do it one hour later, two hours later, three hours later, or whatever the time, or they may have done it earlier, but every single day, okay, especially every weekend, God speaks, okay? And uh, I said every day God speaks because you know, once you open the scriptures, God speaks. Okay, you don't have to wait for the preacher to come. Even so, that may help, but you can actually hear God speak to you every day because God is not silent. He relentlessly communicates. Amen? If you want to hear his voice, if you care what he says, then go to his word and listen to what he is saying. When people, you know, had turned away from God and there were very few people who, because he loves to communicate nature or the word of God, God began to speak because he loves to communicate, you know. Every now and then there were people who were not listening. I mean, when, when Noah came out of the ark, he began to worship the Lord. And for some generations it continued like that, but eventually it died out and people just did their own thing. It's so sad. 
that people forget their maker. Creatures don't do forget. But the human beings, they forget. And so God began to talk to one individual in the midst of people who were worshiping idols because this is how they had deteriorated. And you know, you must understand that God created us to be worshipers. Okay, every one of us is meant to be a worshiper. If you don't worship the living God, eventually you will worship something else. Okay, you will worship other people, or you will worship idols. You know, if you don't know God, you will make your own gods with your own hands, and, and then you, you kneel down in front of something that you have created, created yourself. And, and God, you know, says, how can you pray to your own, to your own making? Because you, you, you take a, a piece of wood and you, uh, you know, carve into a certain uh, figure or picture, and then you start kneeling down in front of a, 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 you know, a piece of wood or rock or whatever it may be. Maybe. You see, God wants to communicate with us. Idols never speak. And if they speak, it's not the idols, it's the demons behind them. Okay? So be careful. Because God created us to be worshippers. There's nothing we can do about it. This is the way we are. God created us in his own image and likeness, and we are meant to, to relate to him. That's how he has created us. And, and if he is not in the picture, then we will worship something else. That's as simple as that. Okay? And you know, when God created us or anything else, you know, he gave us the ability to communicate. Okay, today human beings can make robots, and robots now almost are everywhere. You know, in the manufacturing industry, and maybe you have seen on television that, you know, they made these nice robots which, which come and they, they say, hello, how are you? Can I give you tea? And, you know, there comes this robot and, say, and gives you. But, of course, that robot doesn't speak. This is just programmed. If you ask the robot, what do you think? What is your opinion? The robot will not have an opinion. Okay, the robot will not have an idea of what you're talking about because, you know, the robot can only simply repeat what it is programmed to say. But God has not made us like this. God made us to be in the image of God Almighty himself, fully able to express our hearts. That's why he made us that way we are, because he wanted us to be in his image and in his likeness. God will never be forced by any situation or by any circumstances to do certain things. And he doesn't want us either to be just, you know, robots that do things because we are programmed in that way. That's why he has given us a free will. And of course, that explains why there is so much trouble in our world. Because we have used, or let me say, we have abused our free will to do the things that are actually contrary to the plan of God. But never forget, God made us to communicate. Now, life without true communication is torture. 
You know that solitary confinement is one of the worst torture you can imagine. If you are locked up all by yourself and you cannot speak to anyone, and even the one who brings you water or food will not speak to you in any way, you, 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 you want to go crazy because you know, we are not created for that. We are not made in that way. We are made to communicate. We are made to, to respond to whatever you know, we are being spoken to. And if nobody speaks to you and you cannot speak to anybody, then you are in trouble. That's why you need to have the Lord, so that even if people put you in solitary confinement, you can still pray and praise the Lord. Remember, this is what happened to Paul and Silas as they were in prison. I mean, they were put in the block, and they were in great pain. And, uh, you know, I don't know what happened uh, for them. They were beaten up, and then, you know, they were in this, in this block. And, you know, probably they were talking to each other. At least there were two. And they were talking to each other of where, where the body was paining, of, of, of what they were experiencing at that particular time. But the Bible tells us that at midnight, okay, so I don't know when they were beaten up and put in the block, not at midnight, of course, but maybe sometimes in the evening, maybe in the afternoon, whatever the case may have been. So, but at midnight, they stopped complaining, if they were complaining. So whatever they did up to midnight, I don't know. But at midnight, they began praising the Lord. They began to communicate, communicating to their creator. Okay, and you know what? God answered back. God answered back in a very powerful way. Okay? And you know, sometimes when God speaks, the earth is shaking. And it so happened on that day, all the... the the locking systems that were on their, on their feet and on their hands and wherever uh, were falling off. And they were, they were able to stand up and praise the Lord. And all the doors of the prisons opened up. Okay? And the prison warder got so, uh, so worried that he, he wanted to take his own life because he thought, of course, now that the doors of the prison is op are opened, my prisoners are gone. And Paul said to him, hey, don't do anything that you will regret. We are all here. And so Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel to this man, and he became a child of the living God. Okay, so when God communicates, sometimes the earth is shaking. But even if it's not shaking, maybe your heart is shaking. Or maybe you, you really say, oh, this is great. You know, that's what we should all experience in our life. We should really be able to hear God speak to us. And God does speak to us. You know, these two disciples who were walking after uh, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and after having been together for some time, so eventually they said, no, let's go back home to our village, to the village of Emmaus. Uh, they were walking on the road and all of a sudden somebody joined them. I was a, he was a stranger, and he was even asking them questions which everybody was supposed to have known in Jerusalem or in Israel at that time. Because he said, why are you so sad? And they were telling them, no, we, we had a, uh, our master, our Messiah, we saw this, the Messiah, but now the, the people crucified him. And then Jesus began to speak to them. He began to lay out his word. You know, 
He's a relentless communicator. Okay? Jesus loves to communicate. If you have got any questions, like these two disciples, you know, they had a blockage. They had heard so many things from Jesus, but at that particular time, because he was dead and he was in the grave, they forgot all of the good things that he had said. Jesus told them before that the Son of Man will, will be handed over to the sinners. He will, he will die and he will be buried, but he will rise again. But they had forgotten about it. And so Jesus began to speak to them. And he explained to them from the Old Testament, because the New was not written at that time. So he opened them the scriptures. And as they were walking, you know, eventually they come. And they said, no, no, no. You must. And Jesus was... Uh, uh, you know, trying to go further. And they said, no, 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 you must come to our house. You know, it's, after all, it's already evening. So let's come and have uh, supper. And Jesus went to have supper with them. But then when the supper was on the table, Jesus took the bread and broke it. And at that, at that very moment, you know, the eyes were opened. The kind of communication that Jesus was going to give them at that moment in time, it was also communication. For him to break the bread, it was communication. You understand? And that communication, you know, because they had been breaking the bread before. And Jesus was speaking to them during that time before. And when Jesus was breaking the bread, all of a sudden the eyes were opened. They realized this is the Lord. But at the same time, he disappeared. <laughs> okay, so sometimes Jesus appears to you in a different way, in a different form, just to make you understand. And when you understand, you don't need to see him, you know. That's enough. So they turned to each other and they said to each other, did not our hearts burn when he spoke to us on the way? That's when they realized, you know, he communicated with us the truth. And it, it, it touched our heart deep inside. And for sure, he is the Lord. So these people forgot about their supper. I don't know whether they had a bite or not. But anyway, they just went back on the road. It was already getting dark, or it was already dark, but they, they, they rushed back to tell their fellow disciples, their fellow friends, that Jesus is alive. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, God is a master communicator. He will never leave us in the dark. So don't just look for a word from some human being, okay? Like, you know, sometimes, I don't know where this came from. Sometimes, you know, we have people who are saying, oh, this is the man of God, the prophet of God. So the Russians say, give me a word. I'm giving you a word every day when I stand here on the pulpit. Okay? And this word is a good word. This word is a word of promise. This word is a word that encourages you to trust him, to walk with him. Amen? So don't, don't ask for a word. Actually, God has many, many more words for you than just one. In fact, the whole Bible is full. It's a message to all of us. Amen? So we must understand that God loves to communicate. And remember, if we can't communicate, it's a torture. That's what, you know, mobile telephone providers have 
discovered. Okay? We want to talk. And even if you have very little money, you know, we'll always find the five quatches to buy some airtime. Okay? Because we want to talk. That's why, you know, selling phones is, is a big business. Selling airtime is even a bigger business. Because even if you have a phone, you need airtime. And if you don't have airtime, you can't speak. Okay? So that's a big, big, big business uh, in which we have seen a lot of, uh, you know, players in the market cash in. Social media arose because people want to talk. And not talk just one way, but they want to talk two ways. Even the radio station and the television station have discovered that. And you know, a lot of people are running away from them because they now want to go on social media where uh, there is two-way communication. And so the radio station, they say, you can phone in. You know, give us your opinion. Tell us what you, what you think. Because, you know, there is a de de demand, there is a desire where people want to communicate. So if you can't communicate, then you're isolated. And that's what you should not be, okay? God did not make us to be loners in this world. God made us to be in families so that we can communicate. God made us into nations or into tribes so that we communicate, that we understand that language, that we understand each other and are understanding what it's all about. So not being able to communi communicate means you become miserable. Okay, that's why solitary confinement is misery, okay? Because you can't talk to anybody. You can't even share any thoughts. You can't even ask any question. It's just quiet. And that's not the way God made us. So that's why our parents started communicating with us long before we could even say a single word. Okay, those of you who are mothers or fathers, are you not communicating to your babies when, when they are newly born? Now they don't speak, but you speak to them. You know, you have a word to, you know, a special language to communicate with them. And uh, interestingly, these uh, little children, they understand. They may, even, they may even start smiling when you talk to them, okay? Because they understand you are talking to them. They don't understand the words, but they understand the communication. That's how God has wonderfully and beautifully created each and every one of us. So don't be shy, okay? If you are not communicating well, learn to do better. Okay? Because if you are not communicated well, you are isolated. And you shouldn't be isolated. You should be able to communicate and communicate very well. That's very important. So God speaks to us today and every day. Because he has a desire to see our life being enriched he wants to give us rest. He wants to do so many wonderful things in our life. Let me just read a scripture in the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. And really, you know, during this time when I'm uh, speaking about communication, I can only sample a few scriptures. Because actually the whole scripture is one wonderful communication 
from the living God to all of us. But let me try to uh, just read a few things to you. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Mara. Mara means bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. Okay, Moses understood that you can speak to God. Okay, he prayed. He cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Interestingly, the way God answers is not that he says, uh, don't worry or anything like that. He actually shows him a piece of wood. Okay. And he threw that wood into the water. And the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them. And there he tested them. And he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of your God, the Lord your God, and you do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commandments and keep all his decrees, I will bring you on to, uh, I will not bring you on you to any of the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Hey, this is powerful. Amen. So God is saying that he actually tested the people of Israel. Why did he test them? You know, God wants us to learn to trust him in every situation. If your water is, you know, bitter, trust him that he's going to make it sweet. Okay? If your situation is hard, you know, trust God that he will make it soft. One time or the other. If you're going through tough, tough times in your life, and we all do at one time or the other, you know, trust God that he will be able to reveal himself in that situation and give you the kind of answers that you require. It's very interesting. As God answered, he shows him a, a, a piece of wood. And I believe this is, a, this is a prophetic word, you know, because Jesus died for us on the tree. Okay? And he says, take that wood. Okay? And, you know, life without God, sinful, is a miser making us miserable. But when, when Jesus came to die for us on the cross of Calvary, he gave us the joy of the Lord. Amen? Our waters became sweet. Our lives become sweet. And that's why we must remember to live in that reality of God's salvation. And then God's saying, you know, I, I've tested you. Don't crumble, but learn to trust me. Okay? And this is the problem that we very often have. You know, any problem comes along, we begin to grumble. So God did that again and again and again. And every time the people grumbled. You know, when you're coming the third time to a certain situation that is tough, don't grumble. But just tell God, okay, God, I know you have done a miracle for me. 
When, we was, when I was at Mara, where you have done a miracle for me when there was no water and you get water out of the, of the rock, you know, I know that even in this situation, you are going to help. You're going to come in. You're going to establish yourself in a very powerful way. And you know, God wants to communicate with us. So we must learn to trust him. So God says he did this to trust, to, 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 uh, to test him. And then he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of God, and you know, this is something very important. We must listen carefully to the voice of God, not casually. You know, if you are here and at the same time you are writing uh, uh, your friends some messages on WhatsApp, then you are not carefully listening. You are maybe not listening at all. So we need to learn to listen carefully. Because if we don't listen carefully, we don't know what the message is. We don't know what he's saying to us. And so God says <clears throat> that we shouldn't listen carefully to the voice of the Lord our God and do what is right in his eyes. And if we pay attention to his commands and to all his decrees, then he will keep us safe from all kind of afflictions. He says, whatever you see in the lives of the Egyptians, it will not come on you because I am the Lord, your healer. Okay? So we need to learn to listen carefully because very often we are afflicted because somehow we are we're not listening carefully. Okay? So God has a desire to communicate all this to us. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And, uh, you know, the book of Deuteronomy has got so much that God is saying, and I can only read a few verses. <clears throat> this day I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death. Okay, God is giving us an option. Okay, God is never going to force us in one way or the other. Of course, he would love us to choose life, but if you choose this, God will not stop you because he has given you a free will. Okay, so God says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life. And this is the message that I have for you. Please choose life. You know, don't choose this. Don't choose misery. Don't choose trouble. But choose life. Amen? So that you and your children may live. That's why we are here for, okay? That we have life and have it in abundance. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hey, this is powerful. So in other words, what God is saying to the people of Israel, you know, the people of Israel, as you remember, they were uh, the offspring of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then they were in, in uh, Egypt, where they grew very, very big and fast. You know, for 400 years they were in Egypt. But of course, they also forgot the ways of the Lord. And that is the sad thing. So God takes time now to bring back all the truths that he has promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Okay? So he gives them a new lease of life, a new, uh, you know, sampling of his word. Because, you know, vision needs to be renewed every now and then because vision leaks. Okay? There are so many things in our life and then the devil steals these things from us. So God is saying, the Lord is your life. Okay? Many people don't know that. You know, we are not just alive because, you know, our heart is pumping. That's existence. Okay? You exist when your heart is pumping. But whether you have the life that God wants you to have depends on whether you have God. Because the Lord is your life. And that's why God says, choose life. That means choose God. Choose Christ, the son of the living God. Because if you don't choose him, you will not have the life that God wants to share with you. That abandoned life for which he has come to die at the cross. So choose life so that you and your children may have life and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So in other words, you know, only when you have Christ, only when you love the Lord your God, only when you follow his voice, will you have an inheritance. You will not know inheritance when you are doing your own thing, when you are ignoring the ways, one day your system will stop. You think I'm alive because your pump is, is pumping, but one day the pump will stop pumping and then you are dead, okay? Which means your existence has come to an end. And really, this is just as far as the body is concerned. But then you will stand before your judge. And because you have no Christ, you have no life. So you will join with the devil and his angels in the lake of fire. That's what the Bible is very clear about. And of course, we need to be able to understand this. So we need to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our being. Because when we do that, then we have life. And we have it in abundance. Amen? Then we have an inheritance which does not stop with the things that you may have in this world, but which will be able to go on in God's own world, in God's own environments. So God speaks. He speaks to us collectively. Okay, like these two scriptures I've been talking to you. God spoke to the people collectively, to the people of Israel. But God also speaks to us individually. Okay, when the word of God is being preached, you know, like I speak to you today, I speak to you collectively, but at the same time, God may use that word, and I can't influence that. You know, I'm not the one who, who has an idea what is going on inside of your heart, but at the same time, God may use that word to speak to you very individually, in a very particular way, and you will understand, oh, this is what God asks me to do. So both is important. Okay, and both is necessary in our lives. So we need to hear collectively as the body of Christ, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the family of God in this place, you know, we need to listen together. But then we also need to hear the voice of God individually. And 
We read in the book of Jeremiah, of the Lord came to me. Just at the beginning of the book of Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Hey, this is amazing. So God knew us before we were here, before we were alive. Because of course God has designed each and every one of us. He has a blueprint for each and every one of us. Even those who are still coming in the next generation or in two generations or three generations time, if there is still, uh, the world still continues, God knows these people, even today. You cannot know your grandchildren if you just uh, got no child yet. Or not even if you have just, uh, you know, gotten your first child. You cannot know what, what their grandchildren or their, their children will be. But God says, I've known you. Okay, he tells this young man, and uh, you know, Jeremiah was probably a teenager at that time, and he spoke to him and he says, I have chosen you, okay? I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah answers, oh, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak, I'm only a child. Okay, so when you hear what God has in mind with you, it will blow your mind, okay? Because he has got always greater things in mind with you than what you can imagine and what you can be able to perceive. And so he said, I, I'm just a child. But the Lord said to me, don't say, I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I sent you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth over nations and have put my words in your mouth. See, today I've appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow and build and to build and to plant. Okay, so before you can build and plant, you need, first need to set the ground in order. Okay? So in other words, it is more difficult to destroy that which is wrongly growing than even to plant the new thing that, is, that God wants to do. Okay, so God said, you have to tear down, you have to uproot, you have to destroy and overthrow, four things. Huh? Because you can't, you can't build something on a, on a place where there's already a building. Okay, you need to first remove the old one. You can't plant something into a ground that is already, you know, having all kinds of different uh, uh, stuff growing there. So you need to uproot. And God gave that mission to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, you know, if you read the book of Jeremiah, it's a very tough book. No wonder God said to him, don't worry, I will be with you. Okay, because he needed to have God on his side. Jeremiah was a human being, and he said, I'm just a child. But he allowed God to form him, he allowed God to use him, and he was able to do what God has called him to do. So God speaks to us collectively, but also individually. I could read a lot of other scriptures, like the, the, the prophet Isaiah, as he was called, you know, and, and God was asking him the question, who can I send, who will go for me? And Isaiah responded, here I am, send me. 
So God speaks to us individually. And we need to respond. We need to respond just like Isaiah did and say, send me, here I am. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 2, the Bible says, this is what the Lord says, the people who survive the sword will find favor in the desert. I will come to give you rest. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wow. Do you know that? God is saying to you, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Not only the everlasting for the past, but also the everlasting for the future. So whatever your situation may have been in the past, you have arrived here today because God kept his hand upon you. You may not have known, you may not have understood what you were passing through and the difficulties that, that you were meeting, but God kept you so that you have arrived at such a place as this. And then he says to you, you know, I will make sure that my everlasting love is going to be with you, is going to guide you. Isn't that powerful? God says to you, this word twice, I have loved you. And then he uses the word everlasting love. Nobody can give you an everlasting love. There's no human being who is everlasting. Okay, there's no thing in this world that is everlasting. But God, who is everlasting, he says to you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Praise the Lord. This is powerful. Now God speaks to us today. And uh, the book of Hebrews tells us, it still remains that some will enter that rest. Okay? In the book of uh, Hebrew, it talks about the rest that the people of uh, Israel failed to enter into. But then God tells us how we can enter into the rest of God. And he says, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them, did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day calling it today. Okay, today. So God set a day which is called today. This is the time of grace. This is the time when God is willing and able to do mighty and wonderful things in each and every one of our lives. If you have missed the rest of God in the past, God set another time and he calls it today. Okay, and as long as there is the today in which God is pouring out his grace, we can be able to receive that grace. We can receive the rest in God. And so he says... Therefore, God again said a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This is a very, very powerful word. Okay, because God wants us to enter the rest of God. You know, God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he entered into his rest. And God wants us to rest, okay? God wants us to, 
not be troubled by all kinds of situations, but he wants us to rest. And we can rest in the grace of God if we pay attention to his word and if we obey his words. If we respect his voice, then something beautiful is going to happen to us. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, I read this scripture in the beginning. And the, the Lord Jesus is saying to the, the church in Laodicea, you know, the Laodicea church is also called the end time church. That's the church of today. And the Laodicea church became very self-contained. Okay, they were claiming that we are rich. You know, we have got everything. And they have become so busy doing their own thing that at the end of the situation, they found that Jesus was not inside the church, but outside and knocking at the door. And it could be that, you know, you are following Christ or you have followed Christ, you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you have just been a lousy seer person. And Jesus is no longer inside, but he's outside. <clears throat> but today I want every one of us to listen carefully. Listen to the voice. Okay? Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Are you hearing it knocking? Jesus wants to get our attention. Okay? And sometimes we are going through hardships. And actually this is the knocking of God. Sometimes we, we are, here I am, I can. And we don't realize this is the knocking of God. <clears throat> and Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice. So in other words, first of all, we need to dedicate our ears to listen. By the way, God has given us two ears and only one mouth. So we must be twice as much able to listen than to speak. So if anyone hears my voice, Jesus says, and not only hears my voice, but responds to that voice, that means you are actually going to the door and you open the door. Okay, because when, when Jesus is outside, you must invite him in. You must allow him to come back. God will not break the door down and force his way into your life. He only comes by invitation. He's not like the devil who is just pushing his way through. No, he is gentle. He's a gentleman. Okay? So Jesus knocks. And if we hear his voice, if we understand his intention, and if we open the door, then he will come in. And not only will he come in, but he will sit down with us, and he will have an intimate relationship and fellowship with us and we will eat with him. You know, and it's again a two-way relationship. I will eat with him and he with me. So in other words, it's a two-way relationship. So let us not be so busy that we do not hear the voice of God. Let us not be like the Laodiceans. And please read this scripture in uh, the book of uh, Revelation chapter 3, at your own time. You know, these people, they claimed they had rich, they had everything, they had no need for anything. And of course, that is ridiculous. We need Jesus. No thing in this world can ever be replacing the need for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
So let us hear, let us respond, let us open the door, let us sit down with Jesus and he will bring us into a very special situation and we will be able to have fellowship with him and that's what we all are yearning for. You know that God has made us for that? God has not made us to become rich and even if you are rich, there's no problem if you know how to use the riches properly. You know, if you are rich, then use the riches that you have to help the poor, build the kingdom of God. You know, there are a lot of things you can do. But if you become greedy, then you're actually not rich, but actually the money has you, and you're a slave. That's a fact. Okay, so God wants to come and have fellowship with us. If we respond to his voice, fellowship follows. Amen? And that's what we all need. So let your communication with the Lord flourish. Let us have a two-way communication system. Let us not always, you know, uh, let, or let me say, let us not just, you know, remember the Lord when we have a problem. Okay, and say, God, you must help me out of this problem. You know, like the, the people of Israel, very often they began crying to God when there was no water, when there was no food, when there was no this or the other. And very often we are just like that. But we should always pay attention to the communication of God. God loves us. God cares for us. God guides us. He has sent us the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truths. And this is a constant, relentless way of communicating with us. God loves to communicate. God has not created us to be silent, but God has created us to speak to us. And he is expecting us to respond to his voice. Just like he speaks, we must also learn to speak. Not complain, but trust him. Trust him that if he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, that he will exactly do what he says he's doing. So may the Lord bless you richly. And let us understand a deeper communication with him. God wants us to learn to listen to God because he is continuously and relentlessly communicating to us. And let us communicate back to God as well. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful that we can learn from Scripture, from your Word, how you love us, how you care for us, how you speak to us collectively as the church and individually as the people you have created for specific purposes. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that we hear your voice. Lord, that we choose life that we choose Christ because he is our life. Christ in us, that is the life and the hope of glory. So Lord Jesus, we thank you today that you are not stopping to communicate. You have never stopped speaking. And Lord, help us that we can seek your face as we are going into scripture, as we read your word, as we listen carefully what you are saying to us, and then learn to implement it, listen and implement it. 
so that, Lord, we will be able to enjoy the fellowship, the sweet fellowship, the sweet presence of God in our lives. May this be a reality in the lives of each and every single one of us. To you be the glory. We give you honor. We say thank you, Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Amen.